0: Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, choir. We appreciate you guys so much. Happy Mother's Day once again. I'll say it one more time uh, for all the mothers in the house. Uh, if you've got your Bibles or something with your Bible on it, if you don't mind, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter number 26. Matthew 26. And we're going to hang out there for a little bit this morning. Get that Senator Larry, he'll come out here and point at me, so I right, got the Matthew chapter number 26, um, and uh, it is 1113, so uh, no doubt you'll get to your destination by one, now, no worries on that at all. So um, let's open up in prayer, if you don't mind, and uh, we'll uh, we'll dive into what God's got for us this morning. Let's pray. God, thank you again so much for allowing us to be in your house, God, with your people this morning. God, we pray that you would go before the reading of your word, God, that what's in it, God, would do something in us. and God, that we leave here different, changed, challenged, encouraged, um, God, to uh, change our lives for the glory, God, that you deserve. God, we, uh, we love you. God, we thank you for what you've done here, what you're doing, what you're going to do at Faith Baptist Church. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter number 26. Um, how many of you were with us last week? I'm not, it's not a Paul. I'm just, so if you were with us last week, um, Paul Hudson's preached for us and he, uh, he talked about that uh, he, he felt, and his message is called to encourage, not to browbeat or uh, not to beat down with the message. And, and I echo that. I just, uh, I, there's a little bit of a caveat with the message this week. It's, uh, it's got a little bit of a hard shell. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys just be patient with me. We'll get through that little hard shell and we'll get into the good inside. I don't know if you can tell, but I like to eat. Um, and one of the things I love most is eggs. I could eat eggs every single day of my life, every single day. Um, I don't have any chickens. And so you think I would I would make some kind of uh, scenario where I could be provided with that, but I haven't. Um, I've got two cats and I'll, I'll, I'll trade for some chickens. So If anybody after the service wants to meet me in the foyer, uh, I'll trade for some chickens, but I love eggs, but eggs have got a hard shell on them. And no matter how you like to eat them, boiled, scrambled, over, nasty, whatever you like to eat them, you got to get through that shell before you're going to get into the goody inside, amen? So I'm going to kind of liken that to the message this morning. We got to get through the shell a little bit before we get to that good inside. So bear with me, and I promise you um, that uh, God will give us something this morning that we'll be happy we got. So Matthew chapter 26, we're going to begin reading. In verse 20, uh, the Bible says, Now when the even was come, he sat down with the 12. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The son of man goeth as it, was, as it is written of him but woe unto the man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It had been good for that man that he had not been born. Verse 25, then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, thou hast said. So th- the title of the message this morning is, Who Me? Um, Who Me? This is kind of Judas' response. You guys may be seated. Um, the setting here in Matthew 26, of course, is the Passover meal, the one we call the Last Supper. That's what we kind of not commonly call it, but um, there is a there is a, a picture um, of, of the Last Supper that we've kind of maybe all been familiar with, Leonardo da Vinci's uh, Last Supper. We'll take a look at that towards uh, the end of the message. But um, when I say the Last Supper, you think about it. Yeah, that's kind of what you get in your mind is, is maybe that. I know for me, it was uh, that pit. We'll look at it later, though. Um, but, but here they are sitting at meal, uh, and Jesus drops this bomb on them concerning his betrayal. Judas asks Jesus, Is it I? Which he replies, Thou hast said. But, but how did we get here? How did we get to the the upper room, the Last Supper, as we call it, and 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 Judas uh, asking, "Is it I?" When when Jesus has said, "Hey, one of you is going to betray me." Now this isn't the first time Jesus brought up that one of them is going, uh, one of them is a the devil, one of them is is not is not uh, not hanging with the rest of them. But but they kind of missed that, you know. Disciples kind of miss some things along the way. I, I don't think we're a lot different. We we miss some things along the way, and we got to have some help to get it. But let's. Let's go back to some context. Let's look a few verses earlier back to another meal earlier in chapter number 26, starting in verse number 6. Now, when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when the disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much. And given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye this woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, who, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this. That this woman has done be told of a memorial of her. See, in John's gospel, we're told this woman is is Mary who anoints Jesus' body, and it's Judas in particular that's critical of her good work. Um, we won't get into there's, there's a few different anointings, but. Um, Uh, If you ever read the Gospels, and I encourage you, uh, do that. If you're reading through the Bible, you'll you'll get there. And and, and if you're a a new believer, hey, start with the Gospel of John. Perfect book to get your feet into the Word of God. Or or maybe if you never really studied God's Word, maybe you never really devoted yourself to God's Word, hey, start with the Book of John. But but the Gospels are kind of like this. If if there's four people uh, on on all four sides of this intersection right down the hill, and there's there's a car wreck, there are going to be four different accounts of that wreck, right? Now, now it's going to be about the same wreck, but they are going to be some different details that some may include that some others didn't. There will be a different perspective that some will provide that others didn't. It didn't mean that they didn't see the same thing. They just saw it from a different way and used different details to describe it. So when you look at the gospels and, and sometimes some will say something and some won't, hey, that's not really contradictions, conflicts. That's, that's just details that some provide. And so we, we see it here that John's gospel tells us, this woman's name's Mary. And Judas is in particular the one who was not uh, appreciative of the good work that Jesus said she did. So we see before the Last Supper ever arrives that Judas is critical of someone else wasting, notice that word, what was worth a lot of money. You know, John also tells us, Judas asked this in John 12 and verse six, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had a bag and bare what was put therein. See, we see that John fills in a little backstory here that, that Judas didn't say that about Mary's uh, good work because he was concerned with the poor, but because he was a thief. Now, again, keep in mind, this is all written after, after the fact. So uh, John didn't know this at the time, but when he's writing it, he knows you know, everything that's gonna happen with Judas, right? So Mary did this because she knew the worth for whom she was doing it. And she listened to what Jesus said many times about his impending death. The disciples, not, not so much. It was Jewish custom to anoint the body after death with perfumes and ointments and oils to prepare for burial. But I think it's important to note that she did this before. So, so if you hadn't figured it out yet, we're we're looking at a, at, a, at a character here in the Bible this morning that maybe maybe we hadn't looked at a ton, and his name's Judas. And you say, well, Pastor Dale, why on Mother's Day are you bringing a message about Judas? Well, uh, there's two reasons. One because Uh, I didn't have anything to do with it, okay? (laughs) You can take that up with him. And two, I've already preached on Mother's Day, and gave you a Mother's Day message. You have to go back and find that in archives. Uh, uh, That was a Mother's Day message. This is just on Mother's Day, amen? But it's worth noting also that the value of this ointment that Mary poured out was worth 300 denarii. Uh, Denarius is a a designation of, of, uh, of money, uh, in that time, and that was equivalent to a normal worker's wage for an entire year. So, so when she came in and, and she, she began to anoint Jesus with this with this ointment, it, uh, that that was a that was almost a whole year's salary. In, in Judas's eyes, down the drain, right? Hey, we could have we could we could have done something. It had a lot of value. Well, she knew that, and she did exactly what what she thought was worth. And that value on but keep that figure in mind 300 denarii, worth a, a whole year's wage. So there's a takeaway we get from, from this right here um, that, that this lady she, she, she brought some worship. Because she, 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 she knew what was worthy of that. And so that's what worship is. When, when we give something that, that's worthy of our attention, worthy of our honor, worthy of our praise, worthy. And so she designated Jesus as being worthy. But, but there are going to be people like Judas here that, that are going to look at your worship as a waste. There are going to be people who look at your worship as a waste. And this is certainly true here. Remember, John uses strong language about Judas, a thief, after he betrayed Jesus. But Judas, up until, up until uh, this time, showed no signs of concern as to his motives as a disciple. He appears no less sincere in his commitment of Jesus than the rest of the twelve. So, again, we're reading this uh, after the fact, but Judas hadn't tipped himself off yet as to what he's about to do. And again, you're familiar with the story. You know what he's about to do. And here's takeaway number two. uh, Being around Jesus and being with Jesus is not the same. Being around Jesus and being with Jesus is not the same. Judas was always around Jesus, Jesus, but Judas wasn't really with Jesus. And there is a very big difference. So what did Judas do between this meal and the Last Supper? The meal where, where Mary anoints Jesus and, 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 and Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me. And, and Judas says, who, me? What, what, what happens in between then? I'm glad you asked. Matthew 26, we're, we're still there. Starting in verse number 14 through 16, it says, then one of the 12 called Judas Iscariot went unto the chief priest and said unto them, what will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. Pause there before we read verse 16. End of verse 15 says, and they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. We'll get back to 16 in just a minute. Judas is trying to get paid. J- Judas has been with them through all of this, but Judas is looking to get paid. Judas was looking more to get paid by the wolves than to be pardoned by the lamb. He didn't even have a price for his betrayal. He just said, hey, what, what will you give me? He went to the and he says, hey, what will you give me for this information? What will you give me if I can get you Jesus? He didn't even have a price. What was 30 pieces of silver even worth then? Best guesses are only a few weeks of wage for the average worker, a few weeks. Mary had had given a whole year's worth of salary and and we're talking just a few weeks. Judas said, hey, I'm about to get paid. You wanna know what 30 pieces of silver is worth? Look back in Exodus 21 and 32 and we're told if someone's ox gored someone else's slave, they were to pay them, you know how much? 30 pieces of silver. I just happened to have 30 pieces of silver and a little bag in my back pocket. If, if, if somebody else's ox gored somebody else's slave to repay them for the lost work that they would get, they would give them 30 pieces of silver. Judas has sought out and agreed to sell Jesus the Savior for the price of a slave. So let's jump back to the Last Supper. When Jesus says, whoever he shares the sop with is the one who will betray him. Jesus replies, who, me? Imagine Judas and what he must've been thinking. He knows what Jesus knew. He was with him for the miracles, the healings, the teachings. He knew that Jesus knew what he was thinking. He knew he just didn't care. He knew he just didn't care. What would make Judas betray Jesus? Was he displeased with how things were going? You know, they didn't have a bed to sleep on. They didn't, they were always moving. I mean, it wasn't comfortable. What are we going to eat next? You know, it sounds like a teenager. Some of you got. What are we going to eat next? When's the next time we? But they're always moving, and it's uncomfortable. And it, 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 was it was it was he upset and kind of kind of angered about that? Disgruntled, but they didn't have any any uh, consistency or was he unhappy that Jesus wasn't the real uh, regal king that he was looking for. He hadn't begun to overthrow the powers around him and set up that throne of David that would rule forever. No matter what his reasoning was, Judas knew what Jesus taught. He knew that Jesus knew what Judas was about to do and he did it anyway. Well oh, there's some lessons for us i I hope you I hope you, you you're listening because i I know for me i've I've had the chance to listen to this and 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 i hope I hope maybe you you can take in some of this that that I did but I'd like to submit to you today that there are uh, there's a good chance that there's some Judass in churches all around the world this morning, possibly even a few in here. maybe your name isn't Judas you don't have a a Judas name which I had never met anybody by the name of Judas by the way. Maybe you don't have a Judas name, but maybe you have a Judas spirit. I know I probably just offended some of you in this morning, but but ask yourself this: Why is it we always see ourselves as the victim or the victor in the Bible? We don't ever see ourselves as the villain. We read Bible stories. We hear people teach and preach. And hey, uh, uh, victim? Oh yeah, that's me. Uh, uh, victor, Oh yeah, that's me. Maybe, maybe we're David. Yeah, I'm, I'm David. I, I'm not David. I'm too tall to be David. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm Joseph. Maybe we're Joshua. Maybe, maybe we can see ourselves as Jesus. But, but maybe we really aren't David. Maybe we're Saul. Maybe we aren't really Joseph. Maybe we're the brothers. Maybe we aren't Joshua. Maybe we're the Canaanites and the Hittites and all the, the ites. We definitely ain't Jesus. And that might mean we're Judas. Some of y'all just said, when I said some of, we might be Judas, you said, who, me? I keep going back to that. That's what I kept getting out of this. Who, me? But you know what? We're so often delusional about our own selves. Um, There was, I wish I'd have thought about it and and I'd have played it for you in in my embarrassment. There's a video of me skiing many moons ago. And Holly, I don't know where she's at. She may remember this, Um, but, oh, there she is. Hey, "Hey, that's my mother-in-law. Uh, um, there's a video of me skiing and I remember I I had a GoPro on and I'm like, man, this is going to be a cool shot and I'm blazing down the mountain and and we were in, uh, what, West Virginia probably? Yeah, probably West Virginia and and I'm blazing down the mountain and I go back and look at that footage after we get back home and I'm doing some editing and it looks like I'm walking down the hill. Now, in my mind I was blazing. I mean, I was Now when you got 300 plus going down the mountain, it feels like you are, but I thought I was blazing, but I was delusional about how well I could ski and about how fast I could move on those skis. We're often delusional about our own selves. See, because some have a Judas expectation of Jesus. Maybe, maybe you haven't got to the level of Judas where where you you've gone to betray him. But but we we we're showing some characteristics. We got a Judas expectation of Jesus. If if he won't give you what you want. You just go go get it yourself. I told y'all it was going it was going to be hard to get through this hard shell, but, but 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 don't don't we do that? So I've done it. Hey, if if God's not going to give me what I want when I want, I will just go get it myself. Man, I hope this hits you like it hit me. Paul said in Philippians one eighteen, when Christ is preached, he will rejoice. Yes, he will rejoice. Paul was in prison. Job says in Job 13, 15, though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. That's contentment in the Lord, but it isn't what Judas had. And sometimes it isn't what we have either, is it? John gives some more detail on that exchange of Jesus and Judas. John 12 and 21 through 30, the Bible says, when Jesus had thus said, He was troubled in spirit and testified and said, verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spake. Verse 23, John 12 says, now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Spoiler alert, who was that? John, all right, it's John. It's gonna be important to remember that, okay? Everybody get it, the one who Jesus loved, now John's writing the book. So I mean, he's kind of, he's kind of self, but it's 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 okay. It's true. The one who Jesus loved, verse twenty four. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. Who's going to betray him? Verse twenty five. He then lying on Jesus' breast said unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop, when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus said unto him, that thou doest, do quickly. Now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought because Judas had the bag that Jesus had said unto him, bag of those things which we have need uh, need of against the feast or, or that he should give something to the poor. In verse 30, he then having received the sop went immediately out and it was night. See, no one at the table knew who Jesus was talking about except Judas. He's already already been working his plan. Again, Judas had not made himself suspect to any others the whole time Judas was with him. They heard what Jesus said about Judas, uh, about uh, whatever you're gonna do, do it quickly. They figured he was just going to get some stuff or give to the poor. Which remember, Judas mentioned that Jesus' anointing but they could go give some stuff to the poor with what had been offered, what had been wasted in his opinion. The takeaway right here is, just as Judas was, betrayers are often disguised as believer, believers, So Judas was a spy. We're back to that, who, me? See, how many times Trying to keep. How many times? well there's the clock right there. How many times do we hear something? We we hear whether it's in here or a Sunday school or a, 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 somebody that you, you follow uh, on social media. But you hear a word from them, and, and, and especially in here when you can see people. Hey, that's good. I hope I hope so and so's listening. <laughs> he may, he's not talking to me. I hope she, I hope she heard that. I, I, I know he's talking about him because I know I know that. We, we got that, who, me? Judas leaves no, needs uh, not to go buy more for the Passover or give to the poor, but to pad his pocket. Judas's, Jesus' response to Judas in Matthew 26 and 25 is the same he gave to Pilate in Matthew 27 11. You said it yourself, you have said it. So the same way Jesus responds to Judas when he says, who, me? He says, you, you said it yourself. It's the same way that he responded to Pilate. When Pilate said, hey, are, are you a king then? You, you say that yourself. It's the same, it's the same language. I want to call your attention to this exchange in the garden where the betrayal actually took place. In Matthew 26, 47 through 49. The end of that chapter, verse 47. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave him a sign saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he, hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, master, and kissed him. Judas told the chief priest that he would identify Jesus in the garden by kissing him which isn't as weird then as it is now, okay? If one of y'all come up to kiss me, it's gonna be weird, but it was custom. It was a greeting, okay? I know we read sometimes in the Bible that things don't match and it wouldn't today. So don't come kiss me when we're done, okay? Uh, but, But this was customary. But not to sell out Jesus, right? So Judas approaches Jesus, calls him master and greets him with a kiss. But I wanna call your attention to what Judas calls him. Judas calls Jesus master. The same that he had addressed him before. Rabbi, teacher, master. They're all the same word. There's some dignification with that. It's not just a low level word. There is some honor in that. But it's master, it's teacher, it's rabbi. It's the same word. But you know what word it isn't? Lord. Lord that last song the choir sang, I didn't, I didn't have anything to do with that. Call upon the name of the master? Nope. Teacher? I didn't hear that one. Rabbi? Wasn't on the screen. What? Lord. This is, this is where we're going to see the root of the problem with, with Judas. He didn't call him Lord. He never did. This is why what is meant to be around Jesus is not the same thing as being with Jesus. Judas was always named at the end of the list of disciples. He always hung towards the back. Sorry for y'all on the back row. Uh, he always hung towards the back. He was always there, but he wasn't convinced about Jesus. Are you convinced about Jesus? And again, I told you, it's a hard show. We're getting to the good, day, I promise. I didn't have nothing to do with this, though. I promise you. I asked the Lord for nice flowers and stuff to fall out of the ceiling. But here we are, all right? So just bear with me. Because are you convinced about Jesus? Because coming to church with mama, don't do it. Getting baptized, which we're going to have next week. So if you haven't been baptized since you've been saved, college church office, we're going to baptize next week. Uh, That's the plug there. Uh, But getting baptized, don't do it. Being around spiritual things just won't do it. You have to be convinced. And that's when you'll be convicted. See, Judas saw and knew the way, the the way, the truth, and the life. He he was around him. He was there. He was there for all the stuff. It wasn't like Judas came in at the end of the ministry of Jesus' earthly ministry and said, Hey, I'm just going to tag along. No, that's not what he did. He was there for all of it. He saw. He witnessed but he still chose the way of destruction. Matthew 7, 13 and 14 says this. Enter ye in the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in three. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. 13 says Wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Let me tell you something that I learned about that word destruction in 13 there. Is this the same word that Judas used about Mary's anointing back in Matthew, uh, forward in Matthew 26, that it was a waste. The waste and the destruction is the same word. Man, That's what Judas accused Mary of doing, squandering a resource. Waste. He thinks why would you waste this valuable resource on Jesus? See, it wasn't that Judas uh, had had some uh, some mental block he just getting past. He just didn't see the value and the worth that was sitting in front of him. Now let's look ahead to Matthew 27, starting in verse three. We're getting to the good of all I promise. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. And Paul's right there. i to pour out this 30 pieces of silver. Now look. These are half dollars. That's about all the silver I could afford, okay? Um, silver's expensive. But he says, he brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned, and that I betrayed the innocent blood. And he said, what is that to us? See thou to it. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. And the chief priests took the silver pieces and I't get them took the silver pieces and said it is not lawful for, for to be put in the treasury because it is the price of blood and they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field to bear strangers in Wherefore that field is called the field of blood unto this day then was fulfilled that which is spoken by the by uh, spoken by Jeremy the prophet saying, and they took the 30 pieces of silver, the price of him that was valued, whom they they of the children of Israel did value and gave them for the potter's field as the Lord appointed. There's two things that are remembered to this day in our text we've read. Two things that are remembered to this. So anytime you see that in God's word to this day, when you're reading it, it still applies. If you go back and read it tomorrow, it's still the same. It's amazing, but you can keep... Keep reading. It's like like a back to the future kind of thing. I don't know how. He he keeps making it work. (laughs) It don't ever change. To this day, there are two things that were remembered. To this day. When? Today. And every day back. And then tomorrow. The first one was what Jesus, what Mary did for Jesus. An anointing. Getting ready for his burial. You know what the other thing was? We just read it. The name of the field purchased with Judas return, 30 pieces of silver. Now, I don't know about you, if I'm only remembered for something, I want it to be remembered for worship, not just 30 pieces of silver. I want to be remembered for what I did, bringing something to the Lord that was of great value, not... Something I traded off and, and now it's a, it's, a, it's a scorn on my whole family's name. It kind of reminds you that, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Judas went and hanged himself. Perhaps he didn't think they'd really kill Jesus when he turned them over. Perhaps he thought it would push Jesus to be the regal king that Judas had wanted him to be. Whatever he thought would happen, when seeing what did happen, the Bible says in verse three of chapter 27, that Judas repented. Y'all read it. For, for, for verse three, Matthew 27, verse three back up and free to out through a little curveball, look, look, she's ready. It says, uh, which betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself. He said, well, Pastor Dale, look. I mean, he, he's repented. Except so you got you to gotta, you gotta go back and dig a little deep. A little deeper than just surface level. That word "repented" is not the same word as repent and turning from our sin. The word here in the Greek, in, in chapter 27 and verse 3, is "metamelai." You say, I, I don't know how to say that. I don't either. But I, I got close. But it doesn't matter how it's said, but what does it mean? See, it's not the other repent, which is methaniael. But this word in chapters 27 and verse three means to feel sad about or regret. The other Greek word for repent is to change one's life based on complete change of attitude and thought concerning sin and righteousness. Here was Judas's problem. He was always around Jesus, but he wasn't with him. He always called him something other than the Lord because he wasn't convinced about Jesus. And when it finally got down to a place where something could be done, he felt bad about it. He regretted it. He got caught, but he didn't turn from his sin. There's a difference, y'all. See, my kids feel bad about stuff when they get caught. Nathan, did you clean your room? Yeah. And mama looks under that bed, and hey, oh mama comes out, and she's ready to, she's ready to fire off. <laughs> no, and he's shoving it up on your bed and in your closet. You got caught. And now he feels bad that, yeah, I cleaned my room up. No, you didn't. I'm not saying he'd do that. I'm just, it's an example, okay? So my kids feel bad. Your, your kids feel bad. Uh, we feel bad when we get caught about something. That's, 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 that's regret. <clears throat> That's not true repentance, is it? Now, this is a real silver coin. It's one ounce. And this is what Judas saw. While he was with Jesus, even after he, he, he went and, 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 and met with the chief priest and, hey, what will you give me, 30 pieces? Man, I, that's Perfect. This is what Judas saw when he sat at the Last Supper, that that Passover Seder. And Judas is sitting there and he's looking at Jesus and he's listening to Jesus and he's seeing what he's doing and this is what he sees. Judas chose something shiny over the Savior. See, this is how Satan works. He'll, He'll give you something shiny for the Savior. He'll, he'll, he'll let you trade it off. He'll be glad to. Here's the takeaway. When the enemy pays you, he always gets a better deal. So when, 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 when we find ourselves beginning to kind of wander into, into some uh, uh, waters, high, yeah, I don't know if I should do that. I, 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 no, no, no. It's when we've made our minds up like Judas had I'm going to hear it and I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to come to church. I may be in church every week, every Sunday, but I'm going to go live however I want to live the rest of the week. Hey, you're trading something shiny for the Savior, I'm telling you. I've been there, done that. When the enemy pays you, he always gets a better deal. Authored Crawford Luritz said, when you're born, you look like your parents. When you die, you look like your decisions. Here's the good stuff. I told you it was coming. I told you it was coming. Yeah, I've asked a few guys to come help me with some tables. Uh, they're going to bring some tables out, and I'm going to move some stuff around so there is some room. Um, <clears throat> this is this is the this is the goody. All right. This is when you get to the inside and it gets good. Okay. But remember back when we read about the, the supper. The The Jews in the first century had adopted. I'll move this way over here out of the way. I want everybody to be able to see. The Jews in the first century had adopted <clears throat> a, uh, a table that was used by the Romans your heart there's good. Um, that was used by the Romans uh, called the triclinium. Um, and the other two in there. <clears throat> and this is how it's set up. We're getting it set up, I promise. Hey, Adam, would you grab those plates and those cups on that table right there? Thank you. Got some... Gotta have some food at the Passover Seder, right? You gotta, gotta have some some stuff out here. So we got some stuff out here. Perfect, perfect. Thank you, guys. Y'all give these guys a round of applause. They are fantastic helpers. Fantastic. Uh-oh, don't spill the beans. So the, the table they used was called it was the Roman triclinium, and, and there's different versions of it, different setups. But but from the from the best that we can we can tell, this is I better do this. I can't do math. This is this is probably most likely the setup um, that would have been present at what we call the Last Supper. There were. Three on the one side, three on the other side, and six on the back. Now, um, uh, th- these tables would resemble that. This middle would be kind of open for serving. I've had the great privilege of being a part of three different Passover seders um, here at the Biblical History Center in uh, in town. And if you've never been a part of that, I, I encourage you to do do that it's it's amazing to see the significance of of what's here and um and and what is um what, what all the things mean that they had um available to them uh, at these passover seders and and the significance of the the, the the things that they ate and they drank and when they did it and, and it all means something okay i forgot to set the cups up well i can't count but there we go we got we got enough the contents, the range there's also the significance to all of it. So Jesus was the host of this supper, right? He told him to go make, make ready and there'd be preparations already made. And Jesus worked that out before he, before he put the stars in the sky. Jesus worked that out, right? And so Jesus being the host, the host would sit here. So these are the mo, more important people on this side of the table. These are the less important people on this side of the table. So it's kind of the way when, when, when disciples are listed, the from most important to the top all the way down. That doesn't mean this guy that sits over here is is some scallywag or something. It just it just means there's there's more significance to this side. In fact, the person that sat here was asked to be the servant for that day. Now they may have hired somebody to do that, and they may have made an extension to the table. But but for this supper, just just based on scripture and what, what, what we best can tell, is is Peter sat here. You know, Peter. <laughs> Who's the greatest when we come into your kingdom? You know he wants to be the, the number one guy in heaven, right? Well, Jesus, like, hey, look for this meal. You're gonna be the least. Okay, you're gonna do some serving. Okay, and so Jesus being the host, the host would sit here, and and, and, to, and to the host's right, that that person was that seat was designated um, for a, 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 an entrusted friend, a beloved friend. Well, if Jesus sat here, and 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 and, and that other person that was the, the, the entrusted friend, beloved friend sat here. That was John. We saw where John was leaning into his bosom. So if you can kind of get in your mind, they didn't have chairs like we have. We're, 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 we're Neanderthals compared to the way they, they ate. They reclined. There was, there was kind of sofas that went off to there and they laid on their left side and they, they were leaned into the table and that was, that was kind of the way they did. I'm not gonna do that for you because I can't get up. But they would be extended uh, from here on kind of a sofa. That These would be low tables. And, 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 and they would, so it's natural. John would have been here leaning into his bosom, right? <clears throat> when, when, when Peter said, well, why did Peter ask John? Because John's sitting right beside him. He's, he's literally leaning into him. He says, hey, ask him, who is it that's gonna betray him? Hey, John. He's not that far away. Who, who's gonna, be? ask him, ask him. Hey, now. Ask him. That's why. Because he's over here. So the host is here, the servants there, the beloved friends here. You know who, you know what this seat represents? The most honored guest. The most honored guest. Well, if John's here and Jesus is here, Jesus can't dip no sop in nothing and share it with nobody. Well, we know it wasn't John. Well, who had to be right here? Judas. Yo, I just got chills. This, this has wrecked me. Ever since I saw it over there the first time at the, at the Biblical History Center, it's wrecked me that Jesus let Judas sit at the most honored seat at the table. And he knew what he was about to do. He knew what he was about to do. One last verse and we're done. Matthew 26 and verse 50. And when Jesus, Jesus said unto him, friend, wherefore art thou come? Then, they, then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And Jesus said to Judas, friend. Y'all, he called him friend. He knew what he was about to do. That, that, that friend is, is comrade. It's, it's hey, we're, we're arm in arm in this land. And he calls him friend, knowing he's about to betray him. Just, just a few minutes after he says this. Because what had happened at this, at this supper? Judas washed the disciples' feet. You know who was there? Jesus. Judas. Jesus washed Judas' feet. The job of a servant. Not only that, but Jesus broke the bread and shared the wine with him. This is what they did. Not only did Jesus allow Judas, his betrayer, to sit at the most honored guest at the Passover, but Jesus calls him, while he's being betrayed, friend. And here's where the goodie is, y'all. David Platt said this in our study in Jonah of Secret Church a few weeks ago. This, this, is, where, this is where the goodie is for us. No matter what capacity we are, I've been Judas this is where it gets good for us because my capacity to sin is never greater than his capacity to forgive. My capacity to mess it up is never greater than his capacity to forgive me. There was never a point. And when this guy sitting right here couldn't have turned I, I, the money's back. I, I don't want, I don't want it all. I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn and I'm going to fo- I'm literally going to follow you. Lord Jesus. Now, Judas stepped across the line. He, he couldn't cross back. That's not where we live. No matter what you've done, Jesus still has a seat at the table for you. This is where the goodies at. No matter how far you carried out your betrayal, Jesus, Jesus will still call you friend. Guys, I, I don't know, I know this is Mother's Day and it's supposed to be, hey, it is, it's happy because, hey, we learn from this story, uh, what Jesus has showed us and what Jesus has said that, hey, there's great hope for us. There's great hope for you. Maybe you're in here today and you've been in church all your life. Maybe you're in here today and this is the first time you've ever stepped foot in a church. The, the, the same grace applies is that there's there's no sin greater than his capacity to forgive. If we're willing to say Lord, not master, not teacher, not rabbi, but Lord. We can't just be around Jesus, we gotta be with him. And when we get with him, man, it's sweet. When we get with him, man, it's good. Does that, does that mean life is gonna be just some uh, roller coaster of fun? No, there are people, we learned this too in that study in Jonah. Uh, David Platt was a missionary before he was a pastor and he has great heart for missions. Hey, there are people in this world who are born into suffering and who will die into suffering and that ain't where none of us live. But no matter where we live, no matter what our our, our background is, where we've come from, where we're headed, what only matters is will we call him, Lord, because he's already got a seat at the table, and saying, "Friend, come." So I don't know where you are this morning. Hey, m- maybe salvation is not what you're struggling with, but maybe it's, it's 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 this. It's that water cooler talk. It's that nasty post. It's 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 fill in the blank. As you're looking at that something shiny, it's thinking, "Man, that's gonna that's gonna pay off." The enemy always gets a better deal. you would bow your heads for me this morning. I don't know where you stood with you and the Lord in here this morning when you came. I don't don't know where you'll go when you leave, but I know there's opportunity. Whether you're you're, you're not saved, you've you've never called him Lord. You've never been willing to look at your sin and say, I've got to turn from my sin and turn to Jesus. He's calling me friend. He's got a seat at the table. Maybe, maybe that's not the case, maybe you've been saved, but you, you've just been kind of hanging in the back. Maybe you, you've you you've just kind of gotten a little cold and indifferent to the things of God. Maybe you're dealing with something that hey, is out of your control. There's a place at the altar for you this morning. But for those of you that have never decided to give your life to Jesus, I'm gonna lead you in a simple prayer of faith. Again, this is is not some magical uh, group of words that's gonna do anything magic for you. This is you putting your faith in Jesus. All of everything you got, you're putting it into him. Something like this, Father, I am a sinner. The Bible says we've all sinned to come short of the glory of God. There are none righteous, no, not one. We can't earn our way in, but Jesus will forgive our way into heaven. Father, I'm a sinner. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died on the cross, was buried and rose three days later. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sin, to save my soul and to be the Lord of my life. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not looking. I, I'm, I'm the only one looking, actually. Nobody else is looking around. But if you prayed that something like that from your heart to God this morning, slip your hand up and down, real quick. Up and down, real quick. Only me looking. I promise. Amen. They're gonna sing a song, and if God has moved you to do something in your life today, to 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 to, to maybe really step out and, and, and follow like you never have before. I I, I don't want to be a Judas. I don't want to have a Judas uh, view of Jesus. I I don't want to keep chasing after what I want if God won't give it to me. I want to get what God wants when he wants it or I won't have it. Whatever that looks like, the altar's open. They're going to sing a song. It's entitled Judas. They're going to sing it one time. It's an invitation to you. But I want you to listen to the words of this song. They're going to sing it now.
1: Thirty pieces worth it
0: Song. The first time I heard that song, it wasn't Joseph Haberdank who sang it. It was a couple sisters on YouTube. And I remember sitting in my living room late at night being wrecked by that idea that, hey, I might have sold him out for less. But he loved me and he called me friend. And he gave me a seat at the table. Now, I, I don't care where I've come, but I, I know where I'm going, and that's enough for me. To, to, have a, to have a Jesus that loves me like that. But what I can't do is I can't just keep it all in. I can't just hoard it to myself. If he's given me a seat and called me friend, I gotta tell somebody. Hey, you don't have to you don't have to know the Bible front to back to tell nobody what he's done for you. So do it. We'll talk about the weather, ball games, fishing. We'll talk about it all. Hey, let me just tell you about my Jesus, what he did for me. Thank you for being here today. I appreciate it.